Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be recapping the events of the Elite North Region Round 2 tournament that took place this past weekend. And uh, here to help me do so is Rebecca Chappell, Eric Stone, and later on in the episode, uh, Kenny Cox will actually be joining me as well. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining me and for, for lending your time. And um, I just want to get out of the way real quick. I'm so sorry to, uh, to Brad and Mark uh, for not being able to incorporate you guys into this episode. It's been a heck of a couple of weeks, so I just wanted to see if I can get two people and uh, go from there. So without further ado, um, Rebecca, why don't you just go ahead and reintroduce yourself and we'll start uh, with that. All right. Um, yeah, my name's Rebecca Chapel. I play with Michigan State collegiately, and then I play for Final Justice for both Open and Pinch. And uh, Eric? Yeah, Eric Stone, Captain T.C. Bush. Awesome. Well, again, guys, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. I know it's kind of last minute, but let's go ahead and, and just get started with um, first thoughts overall. Um, and Rebecca, you can probably take this one first. Uh, actually, first of all, has your finger healed since the last time we spoke? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's probably 90% better. There are still times that I'll, you know, push it a certain way. I'm like, ooh, yeah, this still hurts, but... Still no, sensitive. overall, pretty good. I can actually grip with my left hand again. <laughs> nice. That's right. It wasn't your throwing hand, right? It was your left. No, it was my non-throwing hand. That was that was the only good part about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it called? Um, silver lining, or I forgot what the other saying was. But um, well, good. Ninety percent is definitely good. Um, I don't know if you can see my finger, but it's it's never healed from when I broke it five years ago, four years ago. Oh, yeah. So hopefully yours can straighten. But. Um, Let's go ahead and go and start with your your thoughts overall with um with round two versus round one. What were some of the bigger, I guess, differences that you recollect from from previous? Um. Well, besides the fact that it was ungodly hot in that gym all day, uh, I would say there was definitely between looking at the teams, there's definitely a lot more team chemistry that you could see, and teams were moving a lot more fluidly. Versus, you know, that round one, shaking off the rust, everybody's learning how to play with each other again because not all these teams practice all year round. Where everything seemed to be a little more fast-paced and a little more put together on the court, I should say. Um, and it definitely seemed to be filled with a lot more challenges than round one. Gotcha. It's funny you mentioned heat because that was uh, a huge deal with the uh, West. I don't know if you're following some of the posts, but it was, I guess it was like just super humid and they didn't have AC because it's Oregon. They don't need it. But um, heat really played a factor. Um, where was this uh, round located at? It was in Chicago, um, but it was like 92 that day and the AC wasn't really working. So it was well over 80 in that gym, I want to say. Is that normal for Chicago? No. Huh. So you guys are having like a bit of a heat wave then? Yeah, I guess so, you could say. Crazy. Yeah, when I think uh, north, I'm just thinking you guys maybe barely get over 70. But that's, oh, no, uh, we'll get we'll get above that. But I wouldn't say going in the 90s for a few consecutive days in a row was normal for us. Gotcha. Eric, I don't know how it is for you guys up there, but. Yeah, no, it's we, we don't have snow. That's that's for sure. <laughs> the snow, the snow is all done for the year. It's not um, but yeah, we it's been actually pretty hot. But yeah, it doesn't. It maybe breaks a hundred, maybe a couple times in the summer. That's about it. Gotcha. You guys aren't in the <laughs> land of perpetual winter, like like I think. Oh yeah, no. Gotcha. Um, cool. So it sounds like um, 
you know, teams showed up ready to play, um, less, less cobwebs shake off. Um, Eric, how would you, um, how would you kind of recap the difference between round one and, and round two? Sure. Well, I would say for us, um, round one, where you're always really nervous going into the first round. At, at least I was, I mean, we had put some practice in, but you know, hadn't practiced as much as, as we had previously. Um, but we still had, you know, kind of our, you know, our same roster. So I felt, you know, confident about that. We've got a lot of experience playing together, but there's always just going into that first round. It's like, okay, I could see us win it all. I could also see it, see us being just two and done and just totally flopping. Hmm. Um, so we, you know, we ended up finishing third in round one, which we felt really good about. And I, I think for us, we, in round robin, we, we ended up round robin undefeated top seed. And I think we just went a little too hard in round robin. We were relying way too much on Jeremy Meadows. Um, he just brings, I mean, he brings a lot of 8.5 experience to our team. He's got a really strong throw. And I mean, we basically just worked off of him all of round robin in round one. And it, it was working great. Um, but then we ended up getting to elimination and, you know, he was starting to get tired. Body was starting to cramp up. So we were able to adjust this round and kind of, you know, give him a little bit of a rest, you know, more often and round robin kind of rely on some other guys like Jeremy Bizzle, DeMonte, uh, Derek throwing from the middle and not just kind of putting everything on, on Jeremy Meadows. And then also to just not, putting such a big focus on what seed we get. Cause if you remember from round one, you know, dynasty, they end up winning it all, but I think they went into elimination with the seventh seed. Hmm. And I mean, task force is notorious for that too. <clears throat> they'll, I mean, not really flop in round Robin, but they'll, you know, be kind of a mediocre seed, you know, kind of in the middle somewhere. And then they always end up, you know, battling for the championship or, at least end up in the top three. So that was a big takeaway that, that we took from round one, I guess, just as far as our team goes, just not really focusing so much on round Robin, just trying to get the chemistry going, but not really, you know, trying so hard to, you know, we got to get that top seed. Gotcha. That. And then, like you said, kind of sharing the wealth, you know, not, not letting Jeremy Meadows take on the brunt of your guys's like, for sure i'm guessing he's he's more of an offensive player oh yeah absolutely yeah he's got he's got a great arm um really great arm i think he kind of helped us just historically kind of get over the hump in 8.5 and kind of get us going um when we picked him up a couple years ago he just brought a lot of 8.5 experience to our team gotcha and um obviously the bigger difference is you guys took first so and i think you put them in the notes here you finally won a North round. So yeah, man, Congrats. that feels good. That feels really good. We, we finally won a, a North round. Um, it's been, you know, the guys have put so much work into this and we started in 2015, the 2015 season um, as a team. And we still have, you know, basically the core of that team is still here as well. So we've all been, 
you know, trying for this year after year. So it just, it feels really good just personally being the captain and then just feels really good for, you know, to see the other guys succeed too. And gotcha. just finally get it. You know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do to win around in any region, uh, especially in the North. There's just, there's a lot of great players here and each season the teams get better and there's usually new players coming in from the NCDA who are, really good and so it gets it gets harder and harder to do but yeah it feels really good to finally get it for sure and real quick um demonte cleveland has he is he a new addition to boosh or was he there for round one uh he was there for round one he joined us last season okay so he's still pretty pretty new then yep okay cool and then uh rebecca you're kind of nodding your head when you said uh, a lot of um ncda talent coming through were there any new teams that came or were the, all these teams that were previously part of round one? Um, who haven't heard about Notorious yet. Notorious is all NCDA guys. And this was their, uh, a lot of their first times playing in elite. I know um, Mike Riley, Wes Peters obviously played on Kraken before and Grant Weber had come to nationals in Boston last year and substituted on a team. But, I mean, like Kyle Bruce, Nick Kazerjian, Austin Breggy, all those guys, They this is like their first real time in Elite. So for them to come out and in round one win pinch was absolutely phenomenal for those guys to actually like adjust to the rules that quickly and be able to play that well. Because I know those guys are obviously very strong pinch players. Like that's what we all have been playing each other against in the NCDA for five years now. But see those guys come out and still have dominating performances and again you know have them be in the championship for pinch in round two those guys are going to be really good it's going to be scary to watch these guys the next few years um but i was also kind of nodding my head to when eric said and you know talking about how they started in like 2015 and coming to see them now i actually had mentioned that when i was watching you guys playing the championship to uh kenny we were sitting there on the sidelines and i was i said i was like i remember one of your first tournaments you guys came out, it was like Grand Rapids in like 2015 or 2016. Yep, Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids round one, 2015. And our first match was versus Final Justice too. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember I felt so bad because I didn't realize you guys were new and Charlie had like, I think Charlie like reached over the line to grab a ball and I like screamed at him that he couldn't do that. And he like came up apologizing. He's like, I'm new. I don't know what's happening. I was like, Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was saying it's been amazing to see how you guys went from playing in 2015 to how much a, like a force you guys are with everything now in the North and all the improvement you guys have made as a team was just incredible. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, actually, my, my very first time playing Elite was at the first Nationals in Vegas in 2014. Um, on picked me up, and I played for Zephyr. And that was probably my second or third time ever playing 8.5 rubber. Wow. Um, and I, it was fun. I had a good time. And then it was around that time that I met Cody and Charlie. We started Boosh, and then we joined Elite. And I remember that match and actually just the other day I was looking through some old footage from that first round. And I remember we played you guys our very first match and I can't remember who was throwing at me, but I ended up splitting my finger wide open in that very first match. Uh. And so I was gone that whole round. 
Um, I, I played, I tried to play a little bit of the next match versus corruption, but I ended up going to the hospital and I got like six stitches and I just totally split the webbing of my, of my finger open, trying to block a ball. Jeez. That was, that was my introduction to the North. Uh, yeah, six, I had never known stitches. that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to make a, a post on the Boosh page and put some of those old games up or, or at least our highlight reel from that round and then put a picture of my hand up with it. It's pretty gnarly though. Like, I mean, it was, the webbing was torn. I could see inside my hand. Oh, oh. that's kind of cool. But ew, at the same time, I'm like, holding yeah, I want to, I want to get it out there, but then I'm a little hesitant too. Cause it is not nah, pretty do it. gory. Do it's, it. Just more it, people. It's, it's pretty bad. Not as bad as, uh, I think there was somebody split their hand open out West this oh, really? last weekend. I, or for round two out West, I heard. Was it um, Faisal? I think Faisal split his split his hand open. Faisal, I don't think I know that name. Um, for uh, oh, what team is he on? Jeez. I'm like trying to check Facebook real quick to see if I. I just asked Kevin <clears throat> if Kevin knew who it was that was throwing that split your finger open or, or your hand open, but he doesn't remember either. Oh yeah. I'll have to I'll have to look at the footage and see I, I don't know his name. Yeah, I was gonna say our team's changed a lot since then, so Right. Hmm. Split hands I, I, or fingers that yeah, yeah I'm like holding the webbing in my, my palms like don't don't ever do that to me. No thank yeah, you're like please no. <laughs> yeah, please, please just stay attached. Um Well I guess uh did oh, you find out? no, did you find out who it was? No, no, I was, oh. just, I was just gonna say, I think part of it was because I always used so much chalk because we were primarily seven inch foam players. So we just would use a lot of chalk because you don't tape up your fingers mm. for playing foam, really. But that so my hand was just so dry. Well, to be listen then to the, the chalk you tore easily. So getting back to the to, to round two, real quick, um, I was looking at the pictures and I, I didn't see Charlie on there. Is, is he no longer with you guys, Eric? or? What's uh, the, nope. So Charlie abruptly decided to join the military. He hmm. is in basic training for the army currently. When, wow. When, when did he, um, do you know when he started? Uh, basic I think training? just a few weeks ago he shipped off. Crazy. Um, yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was pretty abrupt. He was looking to do something, something different with his life and decided to, decided to join the army that's crazy so, that. that's yeah. a very charlie thing though to just impulsively <laughs> just go jump into something though so it, it kind of makes sense if you know charlie it's not as strange as it might sound is he gonna come back with like an army elite team just like yeah maybe tactical strategy <laughs> right that's funny the commandos yeah it's a crack <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna assemble a, a crack team <laughs> the, of Dodge the Columbia players. Heights Commandos. <laughs> is that a is that an actual team for the NCDA or what? Columbia Heights Commandos, or did you just make that up? Or oh no, oh no, <laughs> no. I I just made that up. Oh, okay. He lives in Columbia Heights, which is a suburb of Minneapolis. That does sound like a pretty. I was like, that's pretty name though. Yeah, that's convincing. I, I thought that's like an NCDA, you know, local school or something. I was like, that's that's a cool name. Um, <clears throat> Well, I'll have him. to mention that to him to, that he needs to start recruiting for the Columbia Heights Commandos. 
yeah, just don't even give him a choice. Like, this is the team that you are captaining now. You have to make it happen. No, um, but that, I mean, that was a, I mean, that was kind of an abrupt thing as a captain of a team. You know, he's been a solid player for us. And, you know, a lot of the stuff he, he does on the court is, doesn't necessarily show up in the stats, but he's just a huge support for us and comes up with really good catches and has made some really big plays for us over the years. So, um, I was pretty nervous about losing him and, and filling that spot. Um, but it ended up, ended up working out. Okay. But we've, yeah, we've lost them for the elite season and then for the UDC too. So we've got Josh Kerbel, uh, coming in and joining us for the UDC and then, uh, picked up Jeremy Bizzle, um, who played with us back in 2015. And then he'll be with us for the rest of this season for elite. Gotcha. He's sneaky. He is. <laughs> He's very sneaky. Well, that's um, <clears throat> that's pretty awesome for Charlie. I mean, I don't know if he's listening at some point. If you ever do happen upon this episode, congrats. Um, being in the service is very rewarding. And um, sounds like you guys got like a big Charlie-sized hole with your team, but sounds like you guys are able to kind of work um, work without him. Um Speaking of teams, and maybe you can start this one, Rebecca. Do you um, were there any teams that kind of just stood out from this past weekend that um, I don't want to say like impressed you, but they're just like, oh wow, like th- this is a, a great team to notice for for round three? Or um, I would definitely say Blitz still had a strong showing, um, and they impressed me again. Um, I would also like to say Rogue, especially without them like having Paige since Paige got hurt in like one of her first games. Um, their pickup of Andy uh, definitely improved them a lot. And I think if Andy comes out for round three with them, Rogue's going to be a really tough team to play against um, just in general. Like they're going to be a good team to watch for round three. Hmm. Paige uh, got injured during round robin. Yeah, um, I had gone up to her toward the end of the day to ask her what happened. Somebody had told me. She said in one of her first games, she like hurt her thumb really bad. Uh, she had it all gotcha. taped up, and she said she tried to pick up the ball, and she couldn't even pick it up. So I'm hoping you feel better, Paige, if you listen to this. But. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> when does uh, Do you guys know when round three is? June 30th, right? Yeah. What? That, that's like in two weeks. 30th? Of June? Oh no, I'm I'm dumb. June. I thought you said June third for some reason. I was like, that's oh, yeah, no, that's right Saturday. away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Sunday. Um, okay, uh, three zero, Steve. Come on now. Um, well, hopefully that's enough time for her to recover. Um, whatever happened, that's you don't want to see. Uh, never want to see a player go down, uh, especially during a tournament. But um, aside from Rogue picking up Andy, what else did you notice? Um. I just happen to, like, are you talking specifically on Rogue or just in general? Uh, just in general. Um, I noticed a lot of teams, honestly, like I had said earlier when you wanted that recap, a lot of teams seem to be playing within each other's heads more, where, like, teammates would know what the other teammate's <laughs> doing so that they'd have, like, somebody would go to throw a uh, counter really quick and they'd have another teammate up to cover them really quick with pressure. Or they could say, like, there were a lot of team throws that seemed to happen very fluidly for teams anymore. Um, and I know just watching, like, especially in open, whenever there'd be, like, a four-ball-with-burden uh, scenario, 
you'd see a lot of these team throws getting set up and things like that, where stuff would just like teams wouldn't even have to communicate essentially. And if that keeps going that way for round three, round three is just going to be so fast paced. It's going to be crazy. Just fast paced, efficient. um, Everything's tightened Mm -hmm. up and they're ready to to start playing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's kind of like the consensus with, um, the South as well as, um, I mean, the other regions, it's like you, you got rid of the round one jitters and shook off the cobwebs and kind of understood each other's like nuances and how to work with them. And then round two is just with the exception of heat. Um, you know, you're just, you're there to play. It's it's just like another good old tournament that, that you're used to. So round three is probably going to be just exciting all, all across the board. So, uh, so Eric, you can start with this question. Um, what, what teams kind of stood out for you? I noticed that you, you wrote down some notes here on specific teams. Um, do you want to kind of get into that? Sure. Um, well, Dynasty, of course. Um, we had two, actually three, um, really good, really close matches against them in elimination. We actually didn't get to face them in round robin. Uh, we usually see them every round robin, um, but just the way the schedule worked out, we didn't face them in round robin um so i mean we had some really tight matches i'm sure a lot of people saw those on the on the live streams um and then kraken and task force always put up a really good fight and are really competitive teams um those are always some intense matches against those guys so uh was round robin cut short or were you guys like just in separate pools that you couldn't play dynasty um it did it did end up getting cut a little bit short um but then actually just i think we had like 17 teams so that's quite a bit to go through yeah everybody i don't think was going to be able to play everyone either way even if we went through the whole thing um i could be wrong though but um so yeah it it got cut a little bit short yeah, I know. I think we didn't get to play you in either round, Eric. Yeah, we never got to play each other. Yep. How would well, that have the... gone down? If you, <laughs> if you guys want to take well, that question. I can tell you what, if it was pinch, we would definitely have been dominated. That would have been, would have been a justice. challenge in both, in both divisions. I'll say that. I, like, I honestly don't think I could tell you who like a clear winner would be. <laughs> like, I yeah, I think like Open would be a pretty good match. Open would be a really good match. Yeah. That actually reminds me. So, um, Kenny played with you on Final Justice for Open, right, Rebecca? Yes. And Pinch. And Pinch. Um, so, did he, kind of an unfair question, I guess, but did he, did he really help you guys with, with Open? Or, because obviously he's going to help any team with Pinch. Like, he's a, he's a freaking monster. But uh, for Open, what, what was it like playing with him? Honestly, playing with Kenny for Open definitely still had a huge advantage for us. I mean, that guy knows the game more than pretty much anybody I think I've ever seen play the actual sport of dodgeball. So having Kenny on our team, there would be times where, we, you know, we'd mess up a play or something and he'd remember it and talk to us afterward like, hey, in this scenario, think about doing it this way next time. Um, he's, and he'd always, you know, remind us, hey, guys, you know, I have – more years under my belt with this than pretty much all you guys. Nice. So he's like, I know the sport. <clears throat> and I mean, it's hard not to listen to that guy. 
it he definitely knows what he's doing and like you said in pinch he's an absolute monster but even an open his open throw and how he can place throws and open and make a catch and everything like that is it was definitely really beneficial for us nice and did he play with you guys for round one or was it just round two so far uh, no, he was actually in Europe during our round one, but yeah, he was at round two and he'll be back for round three. Okay, that's so. what I thought. <clears throat> yeah, I remember, because I saw him at round two, I was like, that has to be the first time. I don't remember seeing him from round one, but um, cool. So he's able to, to add some some West Coast, uh, for lack of better words, perspective and, and just some some experience to you guys for, for Open. It sounds like that was uh, very, very helpful. Um I didn't want to cut you guys off. You guys are kind of saying like maybe if you played against each other, it would have been you know it could be anybody's game pretty much. That was kind of the uh, consensus between you two. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I I can see that that we would get dominated and pinched though. <laughs> I mean, good? I was I wasn't going to use the word dominated. I think that with pinch having Kenny and Kevin and our new rookie Peyton, like with those thrower power arms, it's like those guys are pretty unstoppable when they have a ball in their hands and pinch. It's pretty ridiculous. All I can say is I'm glad I play with them. <laughs> Not against them. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask about mafia only because I remember somebody mentioning mafia and there's like some kind of, not, a, not some like backhanded comment, but like, ugh, mafia. And I think that was more because um, there's always a mafia that, that plays. Does that sound, does that, Sound familiar at all, Rebecca? Was that from that previous um, conversation? So, Mafia does, yeah, no, Mafia wasn't at round one, but they were there for rounds one, two, and three last year, and they didn't make it to nationals. Uh, there were also a bunch of NCDA kids um, from the Ohio region. Um, but, yeah, no, I think I'd like to say, and, you know, hopefully they don't, get offended by me saying this but they're definitely more of a pinch team because coming from the ncda that's pretty much all we played right that switching game. to elite rules and switching to no grip is definitely a lot harder of a learning curve than keeping in your style of play and then switching to that but i think those guys have a good shot as if they keep coming and obviously staying with it and working together on this and i think it's just getting over that learning curve of switching from ncda rules to elite rules because i know there were two separate times when we played them that their teammates did the classic NCDA one step out of bounds to go for a catch or something or to go for a block. And then the refs would be like, Oh, you're out. And they'd look down and be like, what? Oh, Oh, oh no. <laughs> but I think if, I think if they get into that and they get those rules down, they'll be fine. Gotcha. Yeah. And you can yeah, tell you see that a lot with the new NCDA players coming out. They'll like slide back or they'll keep one foot in and you're mm -hmm. ref and you call them out and they're like, what, what do you mean? Oh, so, Oops. yeah, it's all good. <laughs> um, so do they, uh, so I'm guessing you don't get any leeway, right? The, if, you, if a ref sees you step out of bounds, doesn't matter if you're, you know, straight off, straight out of uh, NCDA, you're announcing out, like there's no um, yep. mulligans for you guys? Yep, no. out of bounds, out of bounds is lava. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. I mean, you got to learn the rules, so. Um, and going back to Mafia, yeah, definitely didn't want to pick on them. I just... For some reason, that name stood out, and then I was looking at their their open showing, and they were knocked out right away. But if you look at uh, Pinch, they they definitely made it a little bit further. So, um, actually, so that, that reminded me of a question for for you, Eric. You guys are primarily a foam team. Is that 
is that how you get your start or yeah definitely i i would say like our heart and soul is with like the seven inch foam wdbf style of play Got it. so <laughs> when we first started playing elite back in 2015 it was it was a huge adjustment for us i mean the styles of play are just are just so different i mean it's almost it's almost two different sports really I think that's fair to say. And so, yeah, I mean, that, so that just kind of adds even more than to your win. It's like we've demonstrated now that we can contend with the best in a completely different division that, that wasn't our, our stronging or not our stronging, our starting uh, ball. So that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Makes yeah, sense. absolutely. And it's just, I mean, it's just a great feeling because, you know, we really worked hard for it. You know, we, we got into the gym and I know I, I had to get stronger. I mean, I, when I first started playing in 2015, I, I physically wasn't strong enough to pinch an 8.5 ball. Like I, wow. I physically couldn't do it. And so it, it was just the realization that, okay, I'm going to have to get in the gym. I'm, I'm going to have to get stronger in order to play this game. And, and then doing that and getting into the gym with the team and practicing and playing 8.5 and then you know finally winning around yeah it, it definitely feels good it's it's just we work we work really hard for it it wasn't something that just that just happened we we started practicing 8.5 we started practicing the elite style of play and it, it finally paid off gotcha so it wasn't like um like for the west you know like you see a new team come in take first it's like oh well yeah they've been playing rubber for 18 years that it's bound to happen for you guys, it's still pretty fairly new and pretty exciting. Um, what about any uh, highlight plays or matches? Um, and we'll start with you, Rebecca, if you can take this question. Were there any things that just, I guess, holy crap, that was amazing, or things that you're kind of replaying through your through your mind? So this wasn't exactly a highlight play, but this is definitely something I need to note in Shouting out uh, when we played Notorious. <laughs> I know what you're going to um, say. It was down to a three on one, and <clears throat> all three of their guys stepped over the line accidentally for us to win. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like all at once, they all went to team throw and just all stepped over the middle line. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? So, really? Wasn't exactly a highlight play, <laughs> but. <laughs> they just they just lost track of where the line was and all three ran up and went like a full f like step over the line <laughs> jeez uh that's that sucks but that's got to be pretty funny i mean yeah. it, it's it's happened to everybody i mean I'm, i love refing and then just watching somebody just nonchalantly just walking further and further into the the other team's territory and you're just like wait what are you doing you can't you can't do that you're like three three full steps over, over out of bounds you got to you're out um, they have that sudden realization where they look down. They're like, oh. I love how they have to look down. Like they don't believe you. Like no, I'm not. Like oh, oh crap. It's like uh, it's almost like comic or cartoony. Mm -hmm. Um. Other than that, yeah, I would that, say a definite highlight play was Jeff Star with the Gamecocks had a nice triple kill and then immediately followed with the game-winning catch. So they got uh, four was people. A, it was a four-on-two scenario against the has-beens. Hit the one guy off the shoulder, bounced across the court, hit the other guy off the opposite shoulder, and then bounced off the third guy's back, went into the ground. And right as they did that, the fourth player left on has-beens, threw at Jeff, and he made the catch. <laughs> Dang. How hard did he throw that ball to get three people? 
it honestly when you watch the video of it it looks like something out of like like pinball like it was just like ping ping and then like it floats to the last person's back and then like floats up and everybody kind of watches it not realizing that that was like what was happening because those three knew that they had just gotten hit and they were turning around the fourth person was like yeah, i'm gonna throw that. i forget who the fourth person was that threw but it was just like a very pinball-esque motion I wonder if that guy knew that he just lost his whole team like before he threw that ball. Maybe he would have been a little more conservative with it or. I don't know. I maybe, but I think at the same time they had their clock winding down. Gotcha. So they had to make the throw either way. And never mind the but, fact that this whole team. Yeah. Gone. Never mind the fact that his whole <clears throat> team just got pinballed. <laughs> uh, well, I haven't seen any, any triples in my lifetime. So that, that's pretty awesome. Did you, uh, did you happen to catch that, Eric? Or what's up? Did you happen to catch that play? Or no, no. I I think I uh, saved the the video though. I think there's a clip of it that I saved, and I still haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Gotta check that out. Um, well, how about from your perspective? Any highlight plays or, or matches that you can recall? Well, I I got to give a shout out to uh, Brian Lyford from Kaiju. Um, actually, this is from Showdown, um, but he took out myself, and then he went on to take out Cody Foley in Showdown, and he's one of the final wow. four for Showdown now. So I definitely have to give him a shout-out. He played really well against us. He had a point-blank catch at the line on me, and then actually I think he was down uh, 2-0 to Cody in the next match and came back and won three in a row against Cody which is not easy to do, especially against Cody. He was, he took the whole thing down in New Orleans a few years ago. And the whole time he was wearing a Boost jersey too. <laughs> so he took out both of us wearing a Boost jersey. That was awesome. But no, that was great. I'm, I'm happy for him. He, he played awesome. Very cool. And Rebecca, you didn't play Showdown, did you? I did not. Um... I knew better than that. I was like, yeah, no, this is not going to go well for me if I do this. <laughs> so I stuck to my open and pinch whenever I was needed. Gotcha. So Byron, um, Lyford, who, who are the other three that are left now for a showdown? Oh, it's uh, Brian Lyford. Oh, Brian. God. Um, Brian. But that's it. <laughs> Glenn, Mark Trapetti, and who was the fourth, Eric? Brian. Uh, is it Miles? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Miles Gardner. I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah, right. yeah. We had all four of our Bush players ended up getting eliminated from Showdown. Well, one of them was wearing a Bush jersey, though. Yeah, and we two got, of which we got, two we got beat. We got beat by people wearing Bush jerseys. <laughs> oh, the irony. Um, well, that's awesome. So I'm. It'd be really cool to see like who takes, um, but it, it, each region's gonna produce one right for for round three. That's how it's gonna work out. Yep, they'll do the the final four <clears throat> for each region at the at the last round, and then yeah, just the one after round three will be decided. Nice. Yeah, those are gonna be pretty exciting. Um. Well, let's see. Let's get back into. Uh, well, let's get into players now. Um, Rebecca, were there any standout players that you wanted to to recognize or that you recalled just having a, a great day? 
Um, Alex Watkins definitely had a killer day. I mean, that guy's always a strong player for corruption. But that guy definitely, there were a few times I saw him make like a point blank catch and then immediately do a sick no look cross. And he turned around, I just kind of looked at him. He's like, oops, did I do that? But <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that guy was playing really well this weekend in round two. Uh, always got some great snags. Other than that, um, I think Connor Klopchich, Klopich, something like that for Kraken. Having him back, he's always a really strong player for them. So I think the fact that nobody saw him in round one and him coming in round two and just having this solid cannon of an arm again just kind of reminded you like, oh, hey, Kraken has yet another strong arm, you know. Uh, he did really well with them again too. Saw him make a couple snags, saw him have a couple really good hits. As always, really solid player. Nice. Um, how about you, Eric? Who'd you notice? Um, I was going to give a shout out to Isaac Moras from from my team. He came up with some really, really big catches and some really big spots um, against Dynasty, and just throughout the day, he came up with some really clutch catches for us. Uh, and then I would say our team MVP was was Demonte Cleveland. Um, he had a really solid tournament just scoring some big outs and some big spots for us. Um, the biggest of, of which was the 1v2 he had versus Dynasty in the final. Um, that was that was just a really, really big moment for him. He's definitely been a big part of our success. So he had a 1v2 against uh, Dynasty and um, obviously survived that. Yeah, that well, it, it was 2v2. <clears throat> And then uh, we we set up a multi throw on Colin, and probably one of my not necessarily a regret, but if if there's one throw I could take back of my own, it would be this one. And so it was hit, me and Demonte throwing together on Colin, and my plan was to have Demonte, you know, kind of lead and go first, and then I was going to kind of follow and just take a little bit of speed off my ball and just try to place it. Um, thinking that he, Colin would be, you know, focused on DeMonte's ball. And I just ended up throwing a meatball just right up at Colin. He was just, he was watching my ball the whole way. He jumped and just right into his chest and he was able to make the catch. Um, so then it was 1v2 with DeMonte. And then I think oh, yeah. it was Austin that came in for Dynasty right away. And as soon as he picked up a ball, DeMonte threw at him and, and disarmed him. And then Colin and DeMonte had a back and forth 1v1 that uh, DeMonte finally ended up winning. And Colin almost made an amazing catch too uh, to finish it, but it just hit the ground before he was able to control it. That's going to be scary. What? Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a really big, it was a really big moment. Was, so yeah, was that, this the, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that series between that catch from Colin, that hit by, um, Cleveland on Morley was actually super fast. I remember watching that up in the stands and being like, wait, I don't even think he was in yet. And it was just, he had it so perfectly timed that Morley took like both his feet had just planted and he reached down for the ball. And as he did, I mean, you're it's not even major. thinking that that ball is going to come right there, that he steps in and just right, right into him. It was a perfect throw by him. 
That's awesome. So like perfect throw, perfect call. I mean, you definitely want to get him when he's like not fully expecting it, especially so he can't, you know, work with Colin and double team you. So that that's sounds like it was a it was a heck of a of a chance that he well, I won't say a chance they took, but just a great shot and very strategic and very um obviously very successful. Was was this the final match or do you know what, what that was in the series? Oh, that's a good question. I know, I know it was the finals. I don't, I think that was, that was game one, game one. of the second series. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, they had to beat us twice so that they beat us the first match. And then that was the second match and the first game, I believe of the second match. I think that's, I think that's how they Yeah. Man, sounds like, um, a, like a pivotal game. Eric, you might be able to help me out with this. I think it was against Notorious in pinch finals and not you guys in open finals that Kenny Bacchus made that really sick, like point blank hip catch. It was, I know it wasn't against us. Okay. So, so then okay. it was Notorious. I know it was one of the championship matches. So then it was against Notorious in um, pinch finals. Kenny literally like six feet away, just pins it right on his hip as he's jumping backward. And it was a sick catch. I think it was a three-on-one, brought it back to a two-on-two. Two. It was a really good play. Who is this that that caught Kenny? Uh, no, Kenny Bacchus caught, um, I want to say, Eric, do you remember who it was on Notorious? I don't. I don't I want to say it was, no, it wasn't Wes. I couldn't tell you that. gotcha uh that guy's amazing though uh he's one of the biggest clutch catchers in the north i would say like when i kenny. think of clutch catchers i think of kenny swat isaac like he definitely comes to mind when it comes to just really key catches oh yeah i agree nice yeah we actually we kind of glossed over pinch because I, I definitely was able to get into more of that with with kenny uh cox but were there any um, other standout players or teams that you wanted to to bring up, Rebecca, aside from that one play? Uh, in pinch? Mm-hmm. Right, in pinch. I would say, um, I mean, I don't remember how far they went, but from talking to <laughs> this new team that they just started, uh, Saginaw Cardinal Sins, it was their first round together, and it was, again, a bunch of, these were old NCDA alum who had never played elite before. And from what I remember, they actually fared pretty well in their first pinch tournament. Um, they made a couple clutch, clutch plays, clutch catches. I think those guys, if they work together again for round three, will be really good. Yeah. It looks like you, you guys took them out um, of the tournament in the, the redemption bracket or losers bracket. Um, I hear different names for it, but um, that's cool. So they're, so they're a brand new team then. That came from NCDA alum, you said? Yeah. Nice. Um, so they had come from Kenny Mize and Joe McCumber from Ohio Legacy. They branched off and made their own Saginaw team. And they brought in a bunch of old NCDA kids. Um, if I remember correctly, they're all Saginaw kids, and then one is the one of the old MSU captains. But they did they did pretty well once they got the hang of the rules and everything. Open definitely was their time where they shook off all their rust from not playing together and um, learned the hard boundary. The hard boundary was the hardest thing for them from what I remember hearing. Right. 
Yeah, it's an adjust. Uh, it's an adjustment. Um, how about you, Eric? Any anything that you noticed from Pinch, maybe that wasn't brought up while we were covering open? Uh, the Dynasty Notorious matches are really exciting. Um, I think if you want to see some pretty exciting dodgeball, check that uh, Pinch final out. Um, it's just it's a lot of fun watching it live too because they all have these kind of histories together from the NCDA and that all kind of comes out and they start jawing at each other and like it it just gets really intense and um just I mean just the power behind the throws too is just it's just unreal too and they play so fast paced too it's just it, it's almost like a like a seven inch foam type speed of the game but with 8.5 rubber wow so you've got like this really fast paced game with, you know, the huge hits of 8.5 rubber. It's like so satisfying. I've just, I've just really enjoyed watching those guys go at it. Dynasty and notorious and cracking e- either of those three teams playing each other in pinch is, is always really exciting to watch. Gotcha. Can I see, um, how you guys fare down here? Huh. <laughs> Doesn't look too bad though. I mean, um, you guys beat Nemesis. Is, is that a pretty good team? Uh, Nemesis. This is in pinch. Yeah, in pinch. It looks like they seated fourteen. Um, kind of a weird question to ask. Like, hey, is that a good team? And then you know, puts you on the spot. But um, just for my own uh, ignorance, have they been around for a while or? I was like, um, um, I think Rebecca would probably know them. So they've been around a little bit more, but they did only play pinch with five players. Uh, that's Benny's. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, um, two scoops. Yeah, they do have a they do have a couple young kids on their team. Um, I know one of them is a freshman for MSU NCDA uh, from us. But um, yeah, no, they for them playing pinch with five players, I think they did pretty decent. Gotcha. Um, yeah, we kind of just try to protect our fingers when it comes to pinch, mostly. <laughs> it's like survival. I, I kind of wish we tried a little bit more. Or It's not like if, if we really did try, we would necessarily do any better. Um, but I think we're just really just trying to keep our fingers in straight lines and <laughs> trying to just keep ourselves healthy when it comes to pinch not split your fingers open which is right apparently something right. you can do yeah no more split fingers that's that's crazy i'm gonna again it freaks me out about the webbing just like oh i never thought you would be vulnerable now i've got something else to fear <laughs> you're right <clears throat> um this is gonna sound like a crazy out of left field question and i'm not sure if you guys would know who i'm talking about but several years ago there was this dodgeball profile called El Dodgio Loco and he wore a luchador mask and he was, I'm trying to figure out who he was, but he, he kept his identity secret. And I'm just wondering, just because for some reason, Benny, two excuse for me, has reminded me of that. Do you guys know any, by any chance what I'm talking about? Does that sound familiar in any way? I have no clue, but that is the greatest thing I think I've ever Dang heard. It. Oh man. Yeah. Just, I'm going to have to search this right now. I've, 
no idea oh, what you're man. talking about. So, I haven't seen this, but this is going to be a segue. But I had when I ran Tucson Dodgeball, we had a similar version. Um, he was called Maschera Fatel, and he was Sergio Serge Ferrari's cousin, and he would make <laughs> these vignettes calling me out in full luchador garb and and i would respond back and we would just have these like youtube battles against each other and it was hysterical and then just out of nowhere here comes el dajo loco and he's talking massive uh smack to to luis and then um this other guy in phoenix uh who is also starting to wear a luchador mask um eb eb uh, dominguez who i played with on titan a couple years ago started responding like hey who is this guy and he just it was hysterical um and i i gotta find out who he is and it's one of those things that you know it, it's been in the back of my mind for a long time but for some reason something just triggered it right now and now the hunt begins um he's out there and i wonder if it's benny but are you thinking it's benny <laughs> benny shows up in a full luchador garbed around three <laughs> I, I just i just now made that like connection like you know like the conspiracy guy with uh the pictures and like the red uh threads <laughs> I just now thought of like, what if it's Benny? Because he used to talk. So he wears much. all the Dragon Ball stuff to throw us off. Maybe throw us off the trail, but he um, he was a pinch player, and I'm pretty sure he came from NCDA. And so now it's starting. The, the trail is hot again. I'm gonna. Mm. So we got a person of interest in Benny. We have a POI now. I know Benny listens to these full things too, because he was talking to me about it at round two. Benny, this Uh-oh. is you. You better show up at round three. <laughs> Who are you, man? Or or just send us a picture of him. We we would like to talk to him. Just maybe you're his friend. You know, maybe you're like Peter Parker, where you have like the in with with Spider Man. You're gonna get some mysterious DM tonight after you post this, and it's gonna be like a picture of somebody in the mask, and you're gonna it's gonna be like I am. It's like I heard you're looking for me, Steve. <laughs> we meet again. Oh man, we even thought about like somehow flying our guy out there to challenge him in open dodgeball. Oh man, it, it got crazy. Um, <laughs> And I miss that. I miss that part of uh, having like league fun with dodgeball. But uh, if you're listening, El Dodgio, I, I'm still here. I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get back to the actual podcast. Um, awesome. Well, um, I think that's pretty much all I had. Um, the only other thing I wanted to end with uh, was just shout outs. And this, this could be players, teams, uh, refs in general. Um, that you wanted to just kind of give an honorable mention to. And I guess we can start with you, Rebecca, if you have anybody. Um, I'd like to give two personal team shout-outs. One would be to our newest guy that jumped on with us. His name's Hunter Whitehill. He came out of the NCDA, um, tried to set up practices with us the two weeks before to get make sure he'd learn the game and actually, you know, Nice. be beneficial to knowing everything the ins and outs of it and it definitely was helpful for us so shout out hunter and then as always shout out kenny cox that dude's amazing just for flying out to even play with us and then of course he's a social butterfly where he was out helping everybody with everything helping ref wherever there was a ref needed helping to establish what a call would be even if he wasn't like supposed to be a ref he'd walk out and say you know what he saw or like making sure that everything was set up so definitely shout out to kenny uh, other than that, yeah. yeah Everybody Kenny's, did a really great job roughing, coordinating everything. Everything I thought ran smoothly. Kenny's all right. What did I call him in the group chat? A psycho? And you're like, you you mean, called him a psycho, and I said, awesome. I think you mean awesome. <laughs> yeah, I stand corrected. <laughs> um, how about you, Eric? 
Uh, definitely want to give a shout out to Colin O'Brien and Tony Stumpo. They are regional directors in training for Elite North. So uh, Colin did a great job with the schedule and, and Tony and Colin were working really closely with Glenn to make the round run smoothly and kind of get everything together, which it seemed like it ran really smooth, like those guys were doing a really great job. Um, Real quick, um, <clears throat> yeah, re regional director regional directors and training. So basically they'll be hosting and running Northern uh, regional elite tournaments then, or? Well, right now they're working with Glenn because uh, Glenn right. is our regional director in the North or our North rep basically for elite. Gotcha. Um, and so I, you know, don't really know what the future holds, but I just know that Colin and, and Tony are in training right now to, to help out and get more involved on the administrative side of things. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, otherwise, I guess just everyone in the north, all the all the teams, it's it's just a great region. And you know, I had some time this week to look over some old footage and just remembered what it was like when we first came out and how intimidating it is to come out to your first elite round. And just everyone in the North has just always been really gracious and welcoming. And so it's just really cool seeing new teams come out and just trying to offer them that, you know, that same respect and grace, you know, like we were shown when we, were for, when we first came out. So, yeah, just big shout out to my teammates and, and everyone in the North. It's, it's, been, it's been a great run. Good stuff. Very cool. Um, well, again, thank you guys again so much for, for hopping on. Um, been a crazy week. I keep saying that, but I uh, appreciate you with the quick turnaround too and, and being able to, to spend your, your late evening times with me. But um, definitely looking forward to seeing what happens during round three uh, for all regions. And um, yeah, I'll just leave it, leave it at that. So thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Cool. And we'll end the interview there. So... Alrighty, so uh, that was the basically the open version. Um, thank you so much, Rebecca and Eric, for helping me out with that. Um, now we're going to go ahead and get right into Pinch with uh, Kenny Dodgefather-Cox. Alrighty, so uh, for this part of the interview, or recap rather, um, I was fortunate to get, um, hopefully no stranger to the podcast, Kenny Dodgefather-Cox. Um, actually, Kenny, do people still call you Dodgefather? Is that something that I just won't let go of? No, I, I think people still do, um, okay. and it's kind of endearing. You know, I don't, I don't identify by it primarily, but it's always fun when someone calls me that. Um, I feel like it's people who maybe don't know me as well and kind of know me only by that moniker versus people who know me really closely who just call me Kenny. But, but I do, I do enjoy hearing it from time to time. It is kind of cool to have a moniker in, in the sport and to be called by it. Gotcha. Yeah, I, was, I, I didn't want to get too ahead of myself because I, I keep referring to you as as such, but uh, I think I'll. Yeah. Just carry that with me to, to my grave. I'll never let that go. <laughs> I love it. But, um, well, the reason why I wanted to have you on here was because unfortunately I missed, uh, an opportunity to recap the, um, the West round two with you, but then I found out that you went to the North. Um, and I kind of want to ask, you know, just off the bat, uh, why'd you do that? Just couldn't help yourself. So, or? I, I, could, I had to play pinch, you know, interestingly enough, 
I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to. I was playing in West Round 2 um, the weekend before, and I, uh, I was playing against Fury, and uh, Brody threw a ball at me, and luckily I caught it, but I ended up uh, spraining my thumb pretty severely at the time. I, th- I thought it was a dislocation, mm. but it ended up being okay. It was really tender. I ended up not being able to play the rest of Poet or Elim, which bummed me out. Uh, you know, we took fourth, and I think, I think we could have done better had I been able to stay in, but... Yeah, I, I was worried about it going into pinch because obviously, you know, pinch and open both put a lot of stress on your thumb, but pinch especially depending on how you hold the ball. And so I had to baby it for the past week. And luckily it held up through pinch. Once the adrenaline kicks in, you kind of don't care anymore. Um, I definitely, definitely felt it afterwards, but it was, it was okay at the time, at the time being. But yeah, I, I had to play pinch. I mean, I just, I haven't played it in a while. Um, I was supposed to go to round one, but I was traveling at the time, so I couldn't. Um, I'll be there for round three, and you know, if if I'm going to play dodgeball, I want to play the type of dodgeball that I genuinely enjoy. And there's just this adrenaline rush I get when I play pinch, uh, and nothing else can satiate that need. No, not open, not co-ed, not nesting, nothing. So I had to go out there. Plus, the people in the north are genuinely probably the nicest region that I've ever had the pleasure of playing dodgeball in, um, and it's an awesome environment to play in, and I really like everybody. So it's nice to go out there and see old friends. Gotcha. And I, I can't help myself for being a total nerd here, but um, it sounds like the North called and you answered for any Game of Thrones yeah. fans out there. <laughs> they, they did. Nice. Um, 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 yeah, you know, I'm the warden of the North uh, decided that he would <laughs> he would call me to come out and play. No, I actually played, I played pinch with uh, with Kevin from Final Justice and Nationals. And, you know, he messaged me a while after that and said, hey, do you want to come and play in the North? And I said, hell yeah, I want to come play pinch in the North. And it was funny when I went to the North, and uh, I met all, all the people from the teams that I knew. They kept asking me, like, well, why did you show up to play pinch in the North? And I said, because someone asked me. And they said, you mean we could have just asked you to come play pinch in the North and you would have played? So, yeah, it's pinch. Absolutely, I would have. Like, so, anyway, um, it, was, it was nice to see all my friends again. But, yeah, uh, Kevin bugged me to come out and play. And, you know, I can make it work this year financially and with my work schedule. And so I decided to take the plunge. And it's, it's an absolute blast. I love playing in the North. The people there are so nice. Yes, yeah, so I wanted before before you actually get into pinch, I did want to ask, um, how, how does like how does the North differ with uh, with like open? I, I guess if kind of just like like a generic um, like open play versus you know open yeah. in the West. Can you kind of talk to that a little bit before we get into pinch? Yeah, one things one of the things I really enjoy when I get to go to other regions is is I really enjoy watching their play style, and I think the one thing that the West has. Um, in, in spades is discipline. And that's probably the best word that I can use for it. Um, when you, when you play open in the West, you know, when you play teams like Doom and teams like Rise, um, you need discipline because if you don't, they'll eat you up and spit you out. And, you know, when I played for Final Justice, a lot of them, it was only their second elite tournament ever. And none of them were used to the kind of flow of an elite tournament. And so when I started to introduce some of the, the concepts behind how we play dodgeball in the West, um, it makes a big difference. And I noticed that a lot of the teams in the North, it feels like open is the, is the redheaded stepchild to pinch and pinch is really where everybody, why they really come to play dodgeball. Um, and you notice it too. A lot of teams that don't perform well in open, you know, tend to want to quote unquote get their revenge, um, in pinch by outperforming. And so it's interesting to see the, the difference in the level of discipline in teams when it comes to, um, open in the North versus in the West. It's nice to be able to bring that discipline to the North. Um, and help teams do better by showing them kind of how we play in the West. Even though it's a little bit slower, um, I still think it, it's really interesting to watch the difference. Do you feel like there's any resistance to adapting the, I don't want to say like the West style, heaven forbid, we try to take ownership of that. But do you feel like 
when you try to introduce discipline and and maybe slowing the game down a little bit to northern players, are they open to that or are they against it or what's uh, what's their take on that? Depends. If I feel like the teams that are that are more geared towards pinch don't care, and the teams that are more geared towards being better teams overall and trying to be better at all ball styles um, in all divisions do care. Uh, really good example of this. Look at a team like TC Bush. Uh, you know, if you're gonna, I think you're gonna talk to Eric later on, um, or maybe earlier before this. But you know, he, they won Open for the first time ever in the North, and they had been fighting for years for that position. And I mean, they earned it. To be honest with you, after watching them play through Open, uh, the discipline was there. You know, the teamwork was there. Cody and Eric are amazing corners. Jeremy did work for them. Derek Johnson is a catching monster, and that discipline is what won them that division I mean, they all have individual skill but when you put it together with the discipline that they've, that they've learned working together for as long as they have that is why they were as successful as they were and they absolutely earned that medal so nice. I think that teams that are open to learning it will get better at all ball styles but a lot of teams that go there they primarily go there for pinch and open is just kind of the fun thing to do beforehand and it kind of warms them up but once pinch starts you see their their true colors start to show and they really start to get into it and you start to see their their competitive spirit come out so teams teams that don't care about open in the first place or are only there because it's pinch and it's competitive then they're not really that open to picking up you know the, the slow methodical style that the west typically plays but those teams that want to do better all ball styles and bush is a great example of it will eventually adapt and need to learn it because you know we haven't found anything more effective um, when you look at you know championships won or success overall in the game than the style that that we tend to primarily focus on in the west i'm not saying any of the region doesn't have it but just we tend to focus on it the most and we tend to have the most experience um, doing it because we've done it for the longest amount of time and we have a lot of high level caliber teams rise doom etc so so i think that we're forced to play that style whereas in the north you can kind of get away with with not taking it seriously and then taking pinch seriously because that's where people tend to enjoy more gotcha um yeah and one one final question before we actually do get into to pinch um you know you mentioned uh tc bush stepping up and and, and taking it were there any other teams that you just like, whoa, uh, I cannot wait to see these guys battle, you know, in nationals for, for open. Were there any teams that, that stuck out for you that you saw? Mm, to be honest with you, um, I would love to see Kraken get farther than they get. Um, you know, dynasty is a solid team all around in terms of pinch and open. I mean, we know they're champions in pinch, um, and, and they earn that right. Um, in open, they're also incredibly talented, but I feel like Kraken has a lot more to give and a lot more room to grow. And I really want to see them reach that potential. I mean, Mark Trippetti is a monster. Um, you know, Kelvin is a monster. All those guys have a lot of talent and I want them to just put it together and execute on it. And I think that they could easily be a contender for, for a medal, um, not only at nationals, but especially in the North, you know? So I would love to see those guys make it really far. They're all really nice guys as well. Um, you know, Dynasty's always been followed, but Kraken's my, my kind of, quote-unquote underdog even though they're known as the top team in the north i still feel like they're an underdog for open and i really like to see them get further than farther than they did nice well it's gonna be exciting uh yeah. nationals um just with with everything taking place with all these regions and, and whatnot um love all these worlds um colliding it's awesome to watch yeah um, well, yes. cool. well let's uh let's go ahead and, and get into pinch uh what what start with what team you played for i don't even think we covered that yet yeah, so I actually got invited to play for Final Justice. Um, interestingly enough, the, the first round, the round that I couldn't make, they actually seeded 
first going into Elam in pinch. Um, and the, the roster that I played with, my understanding is a lot of these guys was their second elite tournament ever when I played with them. Um, and so the style that elite plays with hard lines um, and with, with the other types of rules are still relatively foreign to them, including the pacing of the games. But they tend to pick it up pretty fast. We actually did surprisingly well in open, um, given that it was easy to coach these guys. And then um, in pinch, we, we actually did pretty well as well. I think we ended up fourth. Uh, we lost to Kraken in the, the loser semis, but it was a hard fought match. And those guys have a lot of talent and a lot of skill and they have a lot of potential. I think they just need more experience. Um, Kevin is the captain of Final Justice. Dude is a beast on the court. You know, he, he single handedly took us through uh, one of our Elim matches, like one before. Um, and he was a big arm for the team alongside myself. And it, and it really helped to have someone who is more of a veteran of elite on my side. And then, um, you know, we had Becca on the team as well, who's, who's Kevin's girlfriend. Um, and she was, she was a monster with the catching. Um, and she also has a gun on her too. Most people don't realize. So it was great to have some people with experience there to help us coach some of the newer players. But I think coming back into round three will make an even stronger presence, uh, known in open and in pinch, which will be really, really exciting. Nice. And you said, is this, uh, Kevin Bailey? Kevin, Kevin Wynn. Kevin Wynn. Okay. Yeah, Kevin Wynn, Kevin Wynn. Yeah, yeah. I always joke to Bailey about, about Dynasty. I give him a hard time about it. Um, but Kevin and I played pinch nationals with OGs. Um, a couple of guys from Notorious who won the last round of pinch um, and played second this round. And then a couple of other guys from, from miscellaneous teams. And then Kevin and I, and we kind of connected after that. And he invited me to come play, play for his team in the North. And I said, sure, absolutely. I'd love to play pinch. Nice. And it, was that where you had your, like your guttural, like let's pinch uh, moment or was that a different? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to forget and that. I had, the same, I had the same <laughs> moment in the North. I don't know if they caught it on camera cause I know some of the cameras died, <laughs> but I had that moment during one of the games where I blew somebody up and I just turned to my team and I was like, let's pinch. And <laughs> they got so psyched. It was awesome. I love that feeling, man. I just, I just imagine, I mean, you're, you're, you're cooped up in, you know, this, this tin plane for like, you know, five, six hours and you're just like, just dying to like cut loose on somebody and you finally get the chance. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, when I was warming up, um, when I, I ripped the ball, just warming up, I was so ready to just take someone's head off playing pinch. Um, so it was, I, it was, I was ready to go and I'm glad that my thumb held up uh, and I'm glad that my arm held up. It's, it's weird. I feel like I have more endurance playing pinch than I do playing open in terms of throwing because the motion is so much more natural to me than it is to throw a ball open hand. Gotcha. So let's start, let's talk about some of the, uh, the other teams real quick. Um, so I noticed dynasty won, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, notorious won last round, correct? Correct. And, and notorious actually came in, um, without the top seed this round and knocked dynasty into the losers bracket. So, um, there's definitely a rivalry there, and those games are a lot of fun to watch, to be quite honest with you. I actually played with two of the guys that are on Notorious right now, um, Grant and Weber. They both played with with OGs in Pinch Nationals last year, and then they joined Notorious alongside uh, Michael Riley, who, was, who played for Kraken, uh, Wes, Wesley Peters, who played for Kraken, um, and then a couple of other guys who I had just, who I had just met this round. Um, but they, they have an absolutely solid squad. Like they, they are very experienced with pinch and they put up a really great fight against dynasty, which was good to see. I always enjoy seeing someone challenge the, somebody who's able to challenge the established champions. It's always nice to see fresh blood on the podium. You know, I told crystal that when love tap one round, one round, one last, uh, last round, I told, uh, Eric that when TC Bush won open in the North this round, 
Um, it's just, it's nice to, I also told Rainbows that when they won co-ed, you know, in round two, right. um, it's just nice to see fresh faces. It tells me that competition is still alive. It tells me that, that teams are still struggling to be the best. It tells me that there's still upset potential in any division, in any round, and that keeps things exciting, you know? Definitely. I mean, I'm just wondering who we're going to be able to say that to for, uh, for open, you know, look like Titan might've had a chance, uh, with, with doom, but, um, yeah, it, nothing against Doom. I mean, what they're doing is was, is incredible, and it's 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 awesome that they're so dang good. But I like to see fresh blood, mm-hmm. as you say. It's good to see like, uh, what, what's that? Yeah, you and I are on the same page. You yeah. and I are on the same page with that man. Um, I I love the guys from Doom. I'm bored as absolute heck of watching a <laughs> Doom versus Rise or a Doom versus somebody finals. You know, yep. and and there's two parts of me that 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 have this mentality. The one part of me is God, I wish cast fresh blood. And the other part of me says, well, if you want it, go earn it. You know, exactly. go practice as hard as those guys do and and take the time to learn the sport like they do and have the camaraderie and team teamwork that they do. You know, you, you can't be mad at them for being successful considering they're successful because they do what they do and they do it very well. They've been doing it for a long time. So I understand both sides of the coin, although I would love to see, you know, somebody get out there and challenge them in the open bracket. I mean, you know, I'm going to keep practicing with Riot and we're going to keep making a run for it and, you know, forcing co-ed uh, in the West and I'm going to keep making a run for it and eventually We'll, we'll be able to get up there and, and somebody will, somebody will knock them off the throne, but it's going to be a hard fought match and whoever does it, it's going to have to earn it. They're not going to give it up easy. Well, I like that it implies that let's say so, a team actually does challenge and beat doom. Finally, that, that implies that they actually got their, you know, their stuff together. They played as a team, they put in the hard work. Like they, it's just, it's welcoming in hopefully another team that takes dodgeball as seriously as doom. Like that's how I see it. I it's agree. not, Nothing, yep. no ill will, not being jealous. It's like, no, finally another team <clears throat> stepped up. It's it's a competition, as you said. And I wonder if um, if that's what happened with, with Dynasty, you know, um, when Notorious took them out last round, they're like, no, we're going to we're gonna step up and we're going to take this back. If, if I'm, unless I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure Dynasty was, was number one uh, last year in, in North. Um, do you know by chance? I might have to look that up. They were. Okay. They were. And I actually, I spoke to Bailey about this, you know. Um, Bailey's a great guy. And, and I love that whole team. I sat with Bailey for a little bit and I asked him, like, what happened in round one? You know, he goes, honestly, like the, it was, it was dumb stuff that we should not have missed that we missed. We missed our shots. We didn't coordinate. We weren't talking. Uh, we just didn't take it as seriously as we should have. And, you know, we got burned because of it. And right. he said, you know, this round we're coming back with a vengeance. And after they lost to Notorious in the, the winner's bracket in Elam, I, I saw that fire light up in them. And, I understand that fire. I get what it's like to to have that that burning desire to win. You know, when I sit in with the, with the huddles and I talk to the team, it's like, listen, I didn't fly out here to go home. I flew out here to win a medal. It's either we go home or we win a medal. What do you want to do? And and everybody has that same passion, that same drive. But I think what's nice is when you have a team that's as good as Dynasty, and then they get knocked down. Um, not only does it help other teams realize that there is competition that's still alive but it makes Notorious better for wanting to continue their run and realizing they can't challenge the defending champions. And it makes Dynasty want to be better because they realize they can't rest on their laurels. They need to keep practicing. They need to keep competing. They need to continue to bring their, their A game. You know, when we talked about pinch last time, um, I mentioned to you that, you know, I want people to bring their A game against you 100% of the time. You know, I'm, I'm offended if you don't bring everything you have. Right. You know, if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't count. You should be bringing 100% of your effort every time you play against me. Um, otherwise, you know, it's like I'm not a worthy opponent. And I think that, you know, if you get complacent, um, someone's liable to knock you off the throne. And I think that Dynasty realized that very quickly 
during the, the Elim of round two. And when they came from the loser's bracket, they had that fire back in them. that makes them a championship team, especially when it comes to pinch. When it comes around Robin, it, it, they don't seem, they seem to lack that fire. It's kind of like we're just messing around. But when it comes to the Elim, they finally get it back. And it's nice to see that. Uh, I wish every team had that level of competitive fighter every single time they stepped on the court. I think that it would raise the overall competition level of the elite significantly, and it would be a lot of fun to watch, too. There's something very cool about watching a team that is, A, very good at what they do, and B, loves doing it, you know, like with any professional sport. It's amazing, like when Ketchum goes off on a, on a, on a rampage, um, or when, you know, you see somebody who's in pinch and they start knocking people down one by one and they get that fire in them, it's very fun to watch and it's satisfying to see them do what they do and do it very well. Yeah, it's, uh, unless you're on the opposite end, then you, you want to stop it, obviously. But when you see that happening, it's it's like a got a contagious feel. You just can't help but want to cheer them on and, and, and take part of that, even if you're just watching. Did you... Uh, when, when you saw Dynasty wake up and you saw that fire in their eyes, did, did you see that in every single player across the board, or was it just a couple of the of the of the players, or were they all just bought in at that point? Everyone's in. I mean, once I I think that they have an understanding because they all played college together too. I think they have an understanding that if if you're not in and if you're not on the same level as all of us, then you're out. And I don't think any any of anybody on that team wants to be out. They understand that they have. The chemistry, they have the experience, they have the necessary skills to win in any circumstance, including nationals and NCDA, which are two of the most competitive pinch areas of the in the entire country and probably the world, because I don't think anybody else plays 8.5 pinch. But they know that they have it, and they know that if you want to stay on the team, that you need to continue to exhibit the same level of tenacity and ferocity that that they do. And it's it's once it clicks, it clicks for all of them, which is great to see. Even if some of them are arms and some of them are catchers and some of them are corners and some of them have different roles, you can see that all of them take their role more seriously once they realize what's at stake. And I think that's really important to anybody who's trying to learn how to up their game. I feel like some people, when they come into it, they come into it with the notion that, well, these teams are so good that I don't think that I could win. And so I don't know why I should be giving my 100% because it's embarrassing if I lose. Hmm. that's not how you should be doing these types of things. Um, I think when you go into it, you should be thinking, I'm going to give this my 100%. And if I don't make it, then it's a learning experience for me. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to come back even stronger and harder the next time. And the teams that do that, those teams tend to benefit. A really, really good example. Look at Arsenal round two of the West in co-ed. They've been fighting for a top co-ed spot for a long years. And it finally started to gel for them and they ended up taking third. I mean, hats off to them, you know? Same thing with the teams in the North. I feel like those teams that are getting introduced to Elite are either going to flame out because they don't like the competition or they're going to figure out that they need to step it up and you're going to have a higher level of competition. If you look at you know the, the West three years ago versus where it is now, it's a completely different landscape in terms of the level of competitiveness and the skill level of each one of the teams. If you go to the North and you look at the competitiveness of the teams now versus when I went to the North about, about three or four years ago with Task Force, it is night and day in terms of the quality of the teams and the level of play that they play out. And I think that's going to be important for the support going forward as well, especially if we want to put it on the international stage and have people actually want to watch it. Yeah. I was going to say, um, not, I don't want to phrase this as like upsets, but you know, from, from my limited knowledge of the North, I'm surprised that I don't see task force higher in the brackets because I'm so used to seeing them. And as you said, it's the difference between night and day. Dynasty to me only, I can only recall Dynasty from like a couple of years ago at best. Um, 
Yep. Kraken's fairly new, if I understand correctly. Notorious is, is I think, new as of this year. Um, I mean, new yep. team, same, same, or maybe experienced players, but, um, you know, just looking at some of these other teams that um, I, I just remember hearing about, um, I'm surprised that they didn't go further. And it's not a diss to them by any means. It's just, it's like you said, um, they, uh, things are changing. Um, were, were there any other teams like that that you were kind of expecting to, to do better, I guess, or that, that kind of shocked um, you when I, they exited? Yeah, yeah. I, I never, ever, ever want to count out Task Force. Um, you know, I have, I have a soft spot in my heart for those guys because I've actually played for Task Force. I won my very first elite medals in pinch and open with Task Force a couple of years ago when I went to the North to first play with Glenn. Um, and so I always, I always have a soft spot for that team. Uh, and they've always been solid. Um, and it's, it's tough to see them not place first or second, uh, when they compete in open and in pinch because I know that they're incredibly solid teams in both of those divisions. Uh, ironically enough, when we played them in pinch, um, we lost to them in, in round robin, very close to one down to the last person. Um, and we beat them in Elim to end up knocking them out of the tournament. That's how we took fourth in pinch. Hmm. So, so to see them not perform as well um, as I hope that they do is kind of a double-edged sword because on one hand, I'm competing against them. So, you know, I want them to perform their best, but I still want to beat them. And on the other hand, you know, it breaks my heart to see them not perform to the level that I know they're capable of. You know, those individual players that are out there, you know, Furlong and Swat and and, and Spisher and Zarin and all those guys are phenomenal dodgeball players and they're also class acts. And so I want to see them propelled on the stage, not only because they're very good at what they do, but they're also good ambassadors for the sport. Um, but yeah, Task Force is probably my, my number one that I, that I wished had done better, that I thought would have done better than they did, because I know that they have the skill and I know that they have the, the knowledge and the experience to do that well at these tournaments because they've done it before. Gotcha. Well, I mean... Glenn and I'm only picking on him because I because I know him, but he's he's a competitor, he's a fighter, so I'm sure he's taking notes and trying to figure out what he needs to do next with his team to to pull a dynasty, you know, for lack of better words, and just come back, come back swinging. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will say this: I noticed because I, I played with Glenn in the West on Force, and then I also have played with Glenn and against Glenn in the North. Um, he brings a different intensity. It, he's a whole other player when he's playing in the North. Uh, there is no comparison to the level of, of intensity that you see in him when he plays in the West versus when he plays in the North. I think a really good way of thinking about it is if you've ever seen him, anybody who's seen him do showdown has likely only seen him do showdown at nationals because you know he's been at showdown for what, three of the past four years at nationals. And, uh, and that level of intensity is the same level of intensity that he plays with when he plays um, during the, the Elim brackets for open and pinch in the North. I mean, that level of ferocity and it's it's very very cool to watch because because I get it I understand where it's coming from um, that that guttural visceral primal like you know competitive spirit that is inherent in people when they understand what it's like to play competitive sports especially one like dodgeball. Gotcha. Well, yeah. I mean, round three will be interesting, and nationals will just be even even more so. Um, I'm really excited to to see it all coalesce into a a battle across all divisions. Um, any other teams that that shocked you, or or players that you're just like, oh wow, I'm gonna you know take note of that person, or I'm gonna take note of that that team for round three? Um, I think you know who I'd really like to see uh, make a really strong showing, and, and they did last year at Nationals of Pinch is uh, Gamecocks, um, the Columbus Gamecocks. Not only are they hilarious, but they're also genuinely some of the nicest guys that I've met, and they're also very good at pinch. Um, and they didn't make as strong of a showing as I'd like to see them make. 
Um, but I think that they will do great things in the coming rounds. Um, I think they have all the skills necessary to do it. Um, that is, of course, unless unless they get unless they face final justice, in which case I have to take them out. But other than that, I think that they're going to do really, really well. One thing that's interesting to see is I think over the next several years, um, one thing that I know Mark has been focused on uh, with Elite is getting NCDA teams, which for people who don't know is the National Collegiate Dodgeball Association, where they basically play you know, on a full-size basketball court, all pinch, and it's a collegiate level where this is where most of the North players are coming from. You know, they're coming from MSU and, and Grand State Valley and all these other colleges, and they're primarily there to play pinch, and then they happen to play open as a result of that. And I think as they get ingrained in, in the elite culture and they really start to enjoy it, that we're going to start seeing some incredible teams come out of the North because of the massive influx of highly talented college players that are going to latch onto the elite style of dodgeball. Because let's be honest, you know, we're, we're playing this sport because we're addicted to it and we love it. And if you play it in college and all of a sudden you're, you're done with college, where do you go next? And, you know, the answer is elite because you can play it for as long as you want. You know, there's, there's no requirement to be a certain age. And so I think people are going to latch onto it. And over the next several years, I think you're going to see some incredibly talented and incredibly competitive teams come out of the North. And I think it's going to make the entire sport better. Dynasty is probably the single best example of that. I mean, they made it run all the way what, to, to the finals of Open. Uh, it was Dynasty versus Doom in the finals uh, for Nationals last year, and, or maybe it was co-ed. But either way, um, they're a really great example of what's possible when you have these college teams come in, take it seriously, want to do their best, and then put all their effort into it. And I wouldn't be surprised to see several more teams make a really strong run um, at some of our top spots, especially when you consider that most of the top teams, at least historically speaking, come from the West. So I think that balance of power is, is going to shift a little bit, and I'm really excited to see it. As long as we can capture those people and bring them into the fold and make them part of the dodgeball family, it's going to be a really exciting time over the next couple of years. I'm very, very excited for it. Awesome. Well put. Um, I agree 100%. Just more growth, more competition. Um, I don't want to put you in my category, but especially for us older guys, we want to see something left behind <laughs> that's powerful. So, um, well, cool, man. I mean, I, I could talk dodgeball with you for, I think, what was our, what was our run time last, last time? Oh, like an hour, hour and a half, half, hour 45. Yeah. And I, I, I could have kept going. Um, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> in the interest of time, uh, because we, we probably have another hour with the, uh, with the open division, um, we'll, let's go ahead and cut there unless you have any last minute shout outs or, or alibis that you wanted to, to get out before uh, <laughs> alibis are like that. Um, I, uh, you know, I, to anybody in the North who's listening to this, um, I, I just want to shout out them for being probably the nicest region and the most genuine region in all of elite dodgeable. Um, they're genuinely some of the most down to earth, best guys that I know. And it's awesome to see them come out there and take the sport seriously. And for all those teams that may be listening to this, whether you're, whether you're an NCDA team or you're just starting your elite career and you're kind of getting your feet under you, I know that the rule set's a little bit different than, than people may be used to, but I, I guarantee you that if you stick with it, this will become one of the best, most competitive, addictive leagues that you've ever planned. Um, and so we, we welcome all those people to the dodgeball family, and we're looking forward to seeing them compete at nationals um, and compete at the rounds in elite and spread the word to their friends so that we can make this a national sport and put it to the level that it deserves. You know, I want to see dodgeball in the Olympics, and I think that we're going to get there as long as we have the support of everybody else. So keep it up. Um, you know, and shout out to all those guys in the North that, that were kind to me and that welcomed to me and that were more friendly to me and hospitable to me. Um, and I always enjoy going. So I'll see you guys all in round three. Awesome. 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 Cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, we'll go ahead and just end that portion there. Thanks for having me.
So that was a recap of the North Region Round 2 tournament. And thank you so much, Kenny, Rebecca, and Eric, for lending me your time and input and uh, being willing to do so on quick notice. Um, I definitely wanted to cover Round 2 before I took off. And I'm already looking forward to uh, to Round 3 with you guys. Also, congrats to Dynasty for retaking Pinch and to TC Bush for taking Open. And also, uh, huge congrats to everyone, basically, that has made it this far into the elite season. Can't believe we're already uh, looking at round three, but it's going to be amazing, uh, especially nationals. Uh, And I've had a lot of fun uh, re-experiencing it with those that have been part of the panels so far. It's been a a blast. I will say, though, um, and as I probably alluded to in some previous posts or, or the previous episode, I will be playing Army for the next two weeks, and with that coming up, I've unfortunately been unable to put in the same amount of time and or diligence for the last two episodes, and I do want to apologize for that, especially for those of you that have maybe noted a, um, I won't say like a lack of quality, but but a, more of a rushed sense or an inability for me to make words happen. Um, I'm not one for words, but uh, usually I'm a little more articulate than, than normal. That all being said, though, um, I'm definitely going to enjoy the opportunity to uh, take a two-week break and exercise another part of my brain and live another life for for a little while. However, uh, when I return, I'll be more than happy to take this back up again and cover whatever's thrown my way, whether that's more interviews or more recaps. I'm really excited to do so, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. So until then, uh, enjoy your Friday evening and have the great rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll see you soon.